Hey, and thanks for tuning in to the Father's House podcast. The Father's House exists to see people discover life in Jesus. We hope that today's message brings you fresh life and renewed hope as you listen. Enjoy. Uh, Well, I'm excited to bring the word to you guys this morning, and we're kind of going to shift gears. I hope you enjoyed our series on how to stand in a storm. I hope you didn't just enjoy it for this season, but I hope it has helped build a strong foundation in your life. I believe that we're going to walk out of this season, out of the boat, and in into this next season on the shore, and we're gonna be stronger because of it. So um, keep listening to that, keep going back to it and reminding yourself of those principles. If we're here for a little bit, we're gonna need those, but I believe we're gonna walk out stronger because of it. Well, I wanna say uh, welcome to Palm Sunday, and we're gonna shift gears from our last series to this. And um, Palm Sunday is a bit of a tradition if you're a believer. It's the beginning of a traditional week where we look back on all the events of Jesus's life and what led up to the cross and what led up to Resurrection Sunday. So today, this is kind of the beginning of that. I don't know about you, but I enjoy traditions. I am that person who has that little Christmas tradition. Every Christmas morning, I give my kids their new pair of pajamas. And Easter is kind of a traditional time for us. And I don't know if you normally go out and get your new Easter outfit. I think I may have bought this around Easter time last year. But we go out, we buy our Easter best for Sunday morning. Maybe you get all of the you know different toys and candies for your kids and you stuff their Easter basket full. Maybe after church, you go for the Easter egg hunt with the kids and join family and friends and have the Easter ham. I don't know what your traditions look like, but we know that this trial has kind of thrown a wrench in our tradition. It's trumped our tradition this year. Most likely, you're not gonna go out for the special outfit. In fact, you're probably just gonna wear your favorite pair of sweatpants on Easter morning. I know I am. Um, Maybe if you have recently lost your job, you're kinda alternating some funds and you're not gonna go out all out on that basket. We certainly know we're not gonna be able to gather with friends and family to have that ham, sorry Tim, it's not gonna happen. We know that this trial has kind of trumped a lot of our tradition, Um, but I want us to know that this season doesn't have to stop God from moving in a new and a great way. And I think we have opportunity in this season for that. You know, like tradition, Palm Sunday is a traditional message. And I want you to know I'm gonna kind of deviate from the traditional things that we would hear And I want us to dig into this traditional uh, picture and setting that we would normally hear on Palm Sunday because I think there's a couple of things that God would have us hear that would be specific to the season that we're facing right now. Um, If you look in the Bible, they don't call it Palm Sunday. In fact, they call it Jesus's triumphant entry in all four gospels. And it's an incredible story that we read about how Jesus comes in triumphantly. This is actually the first time that the disciples and his followers were able to exalt his name and praise him in his earthly ministry. Um, Every single time, if you notice, Jesus would preach a sermon or he would heal someone. And immediately after, he would leave the scene. He was like that preacher who, you know, jumps off stage and runs directly to the green room. And he didn't do that because he didn't want to stick around and pray for the people. He did that on purpose because he knew it wasn't time yet for people to come and worship him and exalt him. 
So he'd jump in the boat or he'd leave town. But it was now that people finally got to exalt him and declare who he was. And it was when that crowd gathered. It also is a prophetic message that is fulfilled when Jesus comes. And it's another one of the messages that say, this is the Messiah. But I believe today in this current season, I think we can ask this triumphant Jesus to come into our world and make his place, to come and enter our world like he did then. I think we need the triumphant Jesus right now. We need him for the global pandemic we're facing. We need him for the anxiety that we're walking through and maybe the depression or the financial loss. We need that Jesus to come in on the white horse and rescue us and be our savior. So today, we're gonna read this story in just a moment, but I wanna point out a couple of ways that we can make way for the king to enter our world and our lives. Um, we're gonna read, you can turn with me to Luke 19. We're gonna start in verse 29. And it says this, as he came to the towns of Bethpage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives, he sent two disciples ahead. Go into the village over there, he told them. As you enter it, you will see a young donkey tied there that no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anybody asks, why are you untying that colt? Just say, the Lord needs it. So they went and found a colt, just as Jesus had said. And sure enough, they were, as they were untying it, the owner asked them, why are you untying the colt? And the disciples simply replied, the Lord needs it. So they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their garments over it for him to ride on. As he rode along, the crowd spread out their garments on the ground around him. And when he reached the place where the road started down the Mount of Olives, all the followers began to shout and to sing. And they walked along praising God for all the wonderful miracles they had seen. Blessings on the king who comes in the name of the Lord, they said. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heavens. But some of the Pharisees among the crowd said, Teacher, rebuke your followers for saying things like that. And Jesus replied, If they keep quiet, these stones along the road would burst into cheer. Come on, let's pray real quick. Jesus, thank you so much for your word and thank you for this opportunity that we get to gather in living rooms and still be able to gather as a church through this digital space. I pray that you'd speak to our hearts today as we begin this week of remembrance of you. Would you show us something new today? In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I think that the first way that we see Jesus making a triumphant entry here is through something called a sacrifice. It says, they brought the donkey to Jesus and took their garments and threw them over the donkey for him to sit on. The disciples took their garments and they threw them over the top of this donkey, this probably smelly, sweaty, lived outside, dirty donkey. Now you might think, okay, cool. So they let Jesus borrow their sweater, no big deal. He'll just get it back later, take it to the laundromat, it'll be fine. Well. What we need to understand is that the disciples didn't live like we live right now, where you probably have a whole lot of sweaters and coats in your closet. You probably even have a coat that you don't even wear anymore and it's just in the back of the closet. You forgot about it and it's all dusty. But the disciples were a little bit different because most likely this was their only coat. And this coat was a sign of security. It didn't just protect them from the elements, from the wind and the rain and keep them warm. 
it was the sign that they were secure. It was a sign of their livelihood. And they didn't just wear this coat during the day, it was actually their blanket at nighttime. And the disciples had this coat that they would cover up with and it's that um, protection for them beyond just the daytime. So we see this coat that they throw over the top of the donkey. Now, if we go back a chapter in um, one of the gospels, we see that the disciples were with Jesus in a different setting. They were actually with him at a dinner party not long before what was happening in this setting. And when they were at that dinner party, they came together and all of a sudden, this woman walks in the room and carrying with her is an expensive bottle of perfume. And the woman proceeds to come over to Jesus and break it open and pour it over Jesus. Now the disciples looked around at what was happening and said, whoa, 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 like this is not a good idea. That woman could have taken that bottle of perfume that's so expensive, she could have taken it and sold it and given the money to the poor. But Jesus comes and he corrects them. And he says, hey, what this woman did was a good thing. This wasn't a waste. This was a sacrifice. So I think when the disciples took their garments, took their coats and laid it over the top of the donkey and laid it on the ground in the dirt in front of him, I think they had that picture of the woman with the expensive perfume and that it wasn't a waste that this was a sacrifice for the disciples. I think that it wasn't just, oh, here's my coat, you can borrow it, but it signified this complete sacrifice that the disciples were giving to Jesus. They were saying, we value you so much. You are so valuable to us that you can have our security, you can have our coat, you can have what's our earthly possession, you can have what's important to us because we hold you at such a high honor that you could have whatever you want. That's what the coat signified. The disciples didn't look at it as a loss, like, oh, I lose because I gotta pick up that dusty coat or I gotta grab my coat off of that dirty, nasty, smelly donkey and I gotta put that on or I gotta curl up tonight smelling donkey. I don't think that's what the disciples thought. No, when they did that, it wasn't a loss for them. It was a sacrifice for them. And Jesus entered in to the disciples on that sacrifice. I think that today we can look around at what's happening globally, what's happening in our economy, what's happening in our own lives, and we can say there's a whole lot of loss. This has been a tragic loss. When we look at people who've lost businesses, who have it had taken them years to build, and just like that, they're gone, doors closed. When we look at savings accounts being drained because people have lost their jobs and they have to have a way to be able to provide for their family. We've seen our loss of freedom in this time, our loss of being able to go out and gather with other people. Our kids have lost the opportunity to have a proper education in this time. Today, facing what we're facing, I think that we have an opportunity before us. We can look at all the things that have been lost or we can make the choice and take this opportunity and say, I'm not gonna look at this as a loss. I wanna look at it as a sacrifice. This isn't a loss, it's a sacrifice. All of these things 
All of this time that has been lost is simply a sacrifice. It's simply an opportunity for Jesus to come in triumphantly. Our sacrifice makes a way. See, in the midst of all that's happening, it's not a loss. It's just perfume at the feet of Jesus. It's just a cloak laid out over a donkey or a coat on the dusty ground before him. See, for me, this isn't a loss. It's a sacrifice. And the amazing thing about sacrifice is sacrifice makes a way for Jesus to come in, to come in triumphantly. And I love what Jesus says. He says, whatever is sacrificed in my name, it's never wasted. I believe we have that opportunity to not look at these things as a loss, but to see it as an opportunity for sacrifice and an opportunity for Jesus to come in triumphantly into our lives. Jesus uh, entered in on the disciples' sacrifice, but he also entered in on their singing. The second thing I want you to know today is, you can write that down, singing. See, it wasn't just any song that the disciples sang. They actually sang from the Psalms, out of Psalm 118, where they sang, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And I love this, because if you translate the word Hosanna, it means save us. It's a desperate cry from his people calling out, saying, God, would you save us? But what I love about how the disciples and the followers of Jesus sang this song, because they added something to it. See, they sang it as a victorious declaration. It wasn't simply just save us. It was our God will save us. The disciples sang with that sort of victory cry that says, I believe that he can save us. And I think, you know, we've been in this for a little while. I don't know if you felt weary in the, what are we in, the third week? We've, it's kind of like vacation. What day is it? Um, but backtrack a little bit. During the first few days of this uh, house arrest, I mean, I mean shelter in place, um, I found, I realized that, you know, in all the chaos of trying to prepare and make sure we had enough food and toilet paper and all the things, um, I realized that our Apple TV stopped working. And I know what you're thinking. Oh my gosh, tragic. This isn't good because you're not going to be able to watch Netflix. What are you going to do? But beyond that, why it wasn't good for me not to have my Apple TV was because in the mor- some mornings I come out to my living room, not to my office, because I like to look out at the trees and I read my Bible and I pray in the living room. And I use my Apple TV so I can play my playlist of songs that I can worship to while I meet with God. But my playlist couldn't play because my Apple TV wasn't working. Now, these first few days of quarantine weren't relaxing for Tim and I. Now, we were scrambling with our team trying to figure out how the heck we become a digital church. Now, yeah, painting walls, just kidding. Buying plants, doing the things. We were trying to figure out frantically, how do we make church happen from a digital space? How do we make groups happen? And it was chaos. We weren't sleeping much. And I kept forgetting to ask Tim, hey, can you fix the Apple TV? And don't worry, I was still praying. I was still reading my Bible. Um, I wasn't doing the other things that I do while I listen to worship music. I wasn't cleaning. I wasn't cooking. Sorry, you know, kids, fend for yourself. We're trying to figure out church here. But I kept forgetting to ask Tim. And I was feeling funky. I was feeling out of sorts. I honestly kind of felt like the world was closing in on me. And 
about the third day, I finally sat down and as I began to pray and read my Bible, I had a revelation, probably because the Holy Spirit's really good and He speaks. But all of a sudden I realized that I wasn't singing. What was missing from my life is song. I wasn't worshiping God. My playlist wasn't going. And I realized I had grown silent and I wasn't lifting up my voice. See, in this uncertain time that we're facing church, we can either be silent or we can sing. We can be silent and we can silently scroll through our news app on our phone for a long time. And don't get me wrong, be informed. I'm not against the news. Well, I'm kind of against the news, but check your news app, that's great. But are we silently scrolling hour after hour? Or are we responding to the silent notification from the phone that is giving you the update of death tolls and unemployment? Are we silently scrolling our social media and that's where our focus is? Except for maybe those few very hilarious uh, quarantine memes that make me burst out into laughter. But are we silently scrolling? Are we silently tuning out and distracting ourselves by Netflix? Just sitting there silently entertained? Are we silent in this season? You see, when I look at the disciples, See, they didn't ask God to come. It wasn't their silence that allowed him to enter triumphantly. No, it was their song. It was their voice lifted up, confidently proclaiming, our God will save us. They weren't confidently proclaiming and singing, our government will save us. Well, that was bad. Our stimulus package will save us. This vaccine will save us. No, they were proclaiming that the God of heaven and earth who created it all is able. And he is the one that we worship, the one that we look to, the one that we proclaim is the only answer in this time. Our God will save us. Jesus is the only answer. He's the only one. I love what happened next. It says that the Pharisees were among the crowd and they said, teacher, rebuke your followers for saying things like that. See, the enemies of Jesus got uncomfortable by the people's singing. They got uncomfortable by the followers proclaiming who he was. Do you know that the same enemy of Jesus is your same enemy? And he wants to keep you silent. He wants to keep you silent, especially in this season. And your praise, your song actually makes him uncomfortable. Nothing shakes the enemy more than when the believers lift up their voice and proclaim who God is. When God is truly worshiped with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind and strength, when we look to him fully and say, I'm not gonna look here, I'm not gonna look there, but he is actually the answer. He's the only hope. When God is truly proclaimed, then God comes in and he reigns victoriously in our lives. I love what Jesus responded to the Pharisees with. He said, hey, 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 you don't understand. My people have to praise me. Because if they don't, 
If my people don't lift up their voice and praise me, if they don't lift up their song and proclaim who I am, I'm still gonna get praise. It means that the very boulders and rocks that are around you will somehow begin to sing. And God is victorious. And right now in the season that we're facing, God's gonna get his praise one way or another. God always reigns victorious. He always wins. I think we have to ask ourselves the question, are we gonna be the ones who sing and allow the rocks to stay silent? Or are we gonna stay silent and somehow all of heaven and creation and earth is going to be the one to proclaim his name? Because Jesus will get his praise no matter what. I say let's keep singing and let's keep those rocks silent. See, I think we have an opportunity right now when it comes to our singing, when it comes to our praise, to worship him all the more in this season. And not just because you've got some extra time on your hands, but I think that there is an opportunity right here, right now, for God to make his triumphant entry into our world like never before. But we have to be the ones, his people who call upon his name and declare who he is to invite him in, to invite the king in so he can make his triumphant entry. Church, I want us to know that we shouldn't look at our loss and say, we've lost, but we should look at it as a sacrifice so that there's a way for Jesus to come in and make his triumphant entry because of our sacrifice, because of what you've sacrificed in this season. I also believe that we shouldn't stay silent. Now more than ever, we need to lift up our voice and proclaim who he is. Worship, I don't care if you have a good voice or not. I don't care if your kids are making fun of you because you're singing loudly as you're cleaning the house. This is the time for us to not stay silent, but sing and worship God like never before, because I believe that he will come if we would only lift up our voice and sing and he could make his triumphant entry because of that. Come on, I know you need him now more than ever. Would you not stay silent, but lift up your voice in this season? And would you also sing for others? Because our world desperately needs God to come in in triumph and do what he does best. Come on, let's go out today. Let's go into this, the rest of this week. And let's invite God to come. Let's invite Jesus in, in all of his triumphant glory. Let him enter into our world by our sacrifice and by our singing. Oh, and today, one more thing before we go. Uh, if you're watching today, maybe you're like the people in the crowd that were there that didn't consider themselves disciples or followers of Jesus. Maybe a friend told you to watch a YouTube video or you know, a family member forced you into the living room. Maybe you're in the crowd, but you're not following Jesus yet. Hey, I'm sure you need some hope in your life right now. I'm sure you need some hope with what you're facing this week, this month, this pandemic. But more than that, I believe you need hope for eternity. And I wanna invite you right now the Bible's really clear and it's simple. It says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, then you'll be saved. And I wanna invite you to do just that in just a moment as we pray. And just thanks for being here and listening to this. And I invite everybody to pray with me right now. 
Come on, bow your heads. Jesus, first, we just thank you for the opportunity that we can meet with you, even not in our regular building. We miss it so much, God. We miss gathering together, but thank you that we're still able to gather and to lift up our voices together to proclaim who you are and give you an opportunity to speak to us. Father, I first pray for those who are part of our congregation. I pray that this week would be different. We wouldn't just simply remember you, but we would take a step closer towards you. And in our sacrifice and in our singing, Jesus, we invite you to come and invade not just our lives, but our earth. Would you come and have your way? Would you bring your triumphant glory and would you come and draw near us? We need you so desperately, God. We believe that you can do it. And right now, for those who are making a decision today to follow after you, I just want you to pray this prayer with me. Simply say, Jesus, I give you my life. Thank you for giving yours for mine. I choose to follow you today and be your disciple and walk in your ways until I meet you in heaven face to face. Come on. Jesus, thank you for everyone who's prayed that prayer, made that decision today. Thank you that it's not for a moment, but it's for an eternity. Pray help, but all of your hope would infuse their life right now in Jesus' name. Come on, thank you for joining us today. Hey, if you prayed that prayer, um, we would love to connect with you. We'd love to help you start your journey strong. You can click the connect box below or go to our website. Just get a little bit of info from me so we can maybe mail you a Bible, connect with you, and just help you start this journey strong. Everybody else, thank you so much for being here. Let's go out remembering and let's sacrifice and sing our way through this pandemic. We'll see you guys next week. Love you. Hey, thanks for taking the time to listen to the Father's House podcast. We hope it helped you wherever you're at in your journey. And listen, we want to pray with you if you're going through something right now that's difficult. You can go to our website, tfh.church, and click on the prayer and praise link and tell us how to join you in prayer. Until next time, be blessed.